you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. My mindset this whole offseason has been to get ready and get myself ready. And that's been my mindset since I got here. And, uh, you know, whether Aaron was here or not here, that's going to be my mindset regardless because I have to get myself ready to play. I was drafted here to play quarterback, so uh, I'll definitely be ready week one. With the 26th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. And uh, Buck, I thought today we could uh, do a little different episode. You know, we, we do the 360 series where we focus on like one player, really do a deep dive on them uh, as they come into the draft. But I thought we could do maybe a little mini 360 episode here on a current NFL player because he's very topical. And that's Jordan Love with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, Jordan Love has really been, I mean, very topical. His name has been buzzing. Uh, the entire offseason, obviously, when you, you're the Green Bay Packers and the Aaron Rodgers situation and, hey, who's the next guy up? And so when you trade up for a guy like Jordan Love coming out of Utah State, there's a lot of um, intrigue because we haven't had opportunity to see him. We didn't get a chance to see him in the preseason. Uh, we haven't really seen him in a full year. And so everyone is trying to figure out who is number 10 for the Packers 
And will he be ready if he gets pressed into duty for the Green Bay Packers in 2021? Yeah, it's amazing, too, how when you, you know, you're a draft class removed and you don't see the field, how you you kind of almost forget. So I thought I wanted to use this episode just kind of as a reminder of who this kid is and, and what he was like both on and off the field. Um, so I went back and looked at my notes prior to that draft. So he was my 23rd player um, in that draft class. And I go back and look at some of the notes here. He had a great 2018, as you remember. Uh, 2019, lost a bunch of players around him, did not play as well, had a bunch of turnovers. Um a little too much hero ball, a lot of off-platform throws, which we celebrate with a lot of these quarterbacks. But with him, I thought it impacted his accuracy and, and some of the decision-making got away from him. But, man, very fluid athlete, explosive arm, um, some wow throws. Um, they lost nine starters, head coach and offensive coordinator, going into his final season there. So there was a lot of turnover, a lot of change. And I think that's what uh, you know that's what led to a little bit of the drop-off in his production. But as we're going to go through this process, got a chance to see him at the Senior Bowl as well uh, down there in Mobile, Alabama. But what were your thoughts, Buck, prior to the draft on Jordan Love? A uh, really talented player. A uh, guy who has tremendous arm talent. He has athleticism. He's shown flashes of being able to play at a high level. Uh, we can talk about the 2018 season where he had 32 touchdowns and only six interceptions. He played remarkably. Uh, the next year, the production fell off in a major way. Part of that was due to the mass exodus of people around him, including the coach. And so you, you're still trying to figure out who is he and what is he as a player. When you get a chance to see him at the senior bowl and what I call a very sterile environment, he was fine, but he wasn't spectacular. And so he left you wanting more. And so you just wonder which guy is going to show up when he gets his opportunity to play in the league, the one that had the 32 touchdowns or the one that was really a turnover machine the following season. He's a great unknown because no one knows because we haven't seen him. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, the – the guys that loved him threw around, kind of lobbed around the Patrick Mahomes comparison, right? We talked about that at times. You see glimpses of what Mahomes did in college, but uh, didn't have quite the same level of consistency that Mahomes did in terms yeah. of production. Um, but we're going to get into more of that. I, I do want to start us off, though, with our first conversation because we had a chance to visit with Jordan Love a couple times in the run-up to the draft last year, the first of which was at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Um, and this was uh, this is about a little over six minutes of that conversation where you get a chance to learn more about Jordan Love both on and off the field. Uh, Jordan, I would guess that the first question you're probably getting from most teams as you talk to them, uh, the difference uh, between a whole new situation with you from last year to this year, all a bunch of new players, new coaching staff, how was the transition for you? Yeah, um, I just describe it as it was a grind, it was work. Um, obviously losing coaching staff, getting a new coaching staff in, um, you know, losing nine of the 11 starters on offense. So um, it's like the whole summer, whole season, I mean, it's been a grind, you know, just trying to get get it where it needs to be, get the offense where it needs to be, um, you know, at just where we can, you know, perform at a high level. Um, I feel like it started coming together towards the end of the season. Um, you know, we just something, like I said, we were just working on all season, trying to get it to that level. So, so in, in thinking about that adversity that you face, like trying to get so many new guys on the same page, it'd be very, very similar to being a high draft pick and coming into a situation that has been downtrodden. Why would your situation in Utah State help you be a better pro? I think it would help me a lot. You know, obviously just the adversity I had to face. Um, throughout that year and then, um, you know, handled it. Um, you know, we went seven to six, obviously didn't have the season we wanted to have, but, uh, you know, we, we did some good things this year, but uh, obviously it, it relates, you know, to the same situation coming into a new, um, you know, 
team, new coaches and new players, new faces. You got to learn all that. So um, similar situations. Bucky hit on that word adversity. Uh, a lot of times you go back through and look at guys you got right or guys you got wrong. A lot of times kids haven't been through any adversity at the college level, even on the field, off the field. The first time that hits in, in the NFL level, they don't know how to handle it. You've had tremendous adversity, as you mentioned, on the field. Also, you had tremendous adversity off the field. Um, how were you able to get through some of those difficult moments? Yeah, I mean, I've had, like, you look at my life, I've had a lot of adversity in my life. Um, obviously, my dad passing away when I was 14, that was, you know, that was the biggest step of adversity that I had to face and, um, you know, handle that. And the way I look at it, I mean, I can handle that. I can handle anything else. Um, nothing's going to be as hard as that was. So, um, you know, all these other things, are they're, they're minor things. Um, so, um, yeah, like I said, I, I can handle adversity. It's something that, you know, um, I don't I wouldn't want to happen, but you know, if that situation comes about, I can handle it. You know, thinking about handling things, we've seen uh, the National <clears throat> Football League is undergoing an evolution at the quarterback position. We're seeing more guys with athleticism and these traits where they can run it. Looking at your background, you played basketball, you dabbled in gymnastics when you were little. How would those other sports help you be a better player at the next level? Yeah, I think it all ties into, I mean, your athletic ability, you know, just the more you can do, uh, the better you're going to be, you know. Um, they have different elements, you know, to um, being a leader in different areas of sports. Um, you know, some are individual sports, some are team sports, you know, you just got to learn. Um, but I think, you know, the more sports you can play, the more, you know, of an athlete you can be, the more, you know, diverse you can be. So Hold up, man. I, gymnastics, I got to know more about gymnastics. What? <laughs> Tell me, like, what, what, like, is this like I can do like a cartwheel, a somersault, or is this like, are we talking like back handsprings? Like, what are we talking about? No, nah, this is when I was real little. Um, my sister, she was really, my little sister, she was really good at gymnastics. So, um, you know, my mom, she was like, you know what, put you in gymnastics for a little bit. So I yeah. tried it for a year. Um, definitely not something that. Uh, okay, so we've got to oversell this. I think I got Mary Lou Retton over here, no, and then, I, you know, it's just you doing a somersault as a four year old. They tried class. to put me in the, in the splits, and I couldn't do it. And I was like, you know, this is this is the breaking point for for me, I'm gonna have to go. Ahead and go. Tried it. <laughs> so it's funny because I'm sure you will hear this as we continue to go forward. We talked about the evolution of the National Football League. Um, there have been some comparisons made between you and Patrick Mahomes. When you've seen Patrick Mahomes, is there any little bit of his game that might be in your game? Yeah, I mean, I just look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, crazy arm strength, you know, crazy, you know, just ability to throw the ball, you know, different angles, stuff like that. I think I have that, um, you know. That's where I see similarities and, uh, you know, just, you know, make plays, you know. Um, like I said, throwing, you know, sidearm, you know, throwing crazy deep passes, just being able to make plays. I mean, that's where I think you can compare us. And uh, I feel like that, you know, I'm comparable to him in that aspect. Well, the first tape that I watched studying over the summer was watching you against Michigan State last year. Uh, you have a throw in that game that's as good as anybody's had in its entire draft. That's one of the best throws that I've ever seen against Michigan State, the one down the field. Um, can, can you recall, A, what the play call was, what you saw, and, and how you executed on that one? Which, which play are you talking about? That's uh, a deep one. I want to say you were rolling, rolling to, that. to, throwing the, left. to the left, okay, rolling yeah, to the yeah. left, and throwing to the left. I was. So, yeah, I mean, um, the play, it was 69 post. So, I mean, I had my post wheel. Uh, from the outside of shears, I had a stick route from uh, number three. Uh, so I got off that, you know, um, DN, you know, beat the tackle inside. So I had to get out the pocket, started rolling, saw my wheel downfield, you know, kind of just threw a sidearm. Um, uh, ended up not, not being able to complete the catch. Um, yeah, so. It was ridiculous. So now there's, I want to ask you about one more because I'm watching the LSU game this year. 
I want to say it's right before it's in the second quarter, towards the end of the second quarter, you hit a corner out going over to the left that mm-hmm. was dropped in that game as well. Uh, do you remember what that what the call was there and, and, and what you saw? Uh, unfortunately, all these highlights don't end with the guy catching the football, Jordan, but they were amazing throws. I can't even think. You said a corner route? I believe it was a corner route. It was about two or three minutes before halftime. I think this one you were going to the right and hit a, and hit a corner route down mm, the field. I know, I know during the LSU game I had scrambled to the right uh, on one. Um, you know, Might even have been a post coming yeah, across. It was, it was, I know one. It was a, it was a slant, and I, when I scramble, he uh, my receiver CLC kind of uh, turned it into like a deep kind of kind of like corner. Corn, right? Yeah, threw it the top, but he actually he caught it. Did he, he catch yeah, that he one? He was one handed. Okay, uh, okay. He hurt his shoulder on that play, but yeah, no, that was uh, okay. that's what we're talking about now. That was a. That was a good one. I think it might have even have been a post that had been dropped in that game at some point. Over oh, the middle. Yeah. 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 God, yeah so all the things that you guys are describing, just in listening to the conversation, it speaks to a gunslinger's mentality. Mm-hmm. And gunslingers are ones who are fearless, they're courageous, they continue to throw into tight windows regardless of turnovers and the like. How do you maintain that aggressive mentality even if you've had some mistakes early in the game? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, being a gunslinger, you know, um, especially going off this year, I know a lot of mistakes. Um but, you know, you just got to be able to, you know, stay confident and, you know, that I can make the throws. Um, obviously, just situational, get smarter um, on decisions I need to make, you know, not force the ball when I don't need to, but you know, still have just that confidence to be able to make those throws. Well, a couple things I want to unpack here, Bucky. First of all, you know, you, you talk about facing adversity. You don't you don't get uh, more adversity than losing your father um, at the age of 14. So it, I thought he made a great point there. Nothing will be as hard or anything he has to deal with, whether it's a quarterback controversy or maybe a bad game here or there. It's not going to phase this kid with what he's been through in his life. You know, DJ, like here, here's the thing. Uh, when you have a guy who has gone through tough times, you do find out a little bit about them and handling all the things that he had to handle. Uh, you like to think that he's tough and gritty enough to endure the circumstances that he will eventually face as maybe the starting quarterback of the Packers in time. What I like about him in terms of the toughness and the metal that he displayed, I don't think it really impacted his play. And I think he's able to focus and kind of do the things that you need to do to be a high end player. Um, and so we always talk about people's stories and their testimonies. I think he certainly has a testimony. We'll see how that benefits him going down the line. Yeah, I go back into my into church here and talk about testimonies. Like, where does that word come from? It comes from being tested, right? This kid's had tests, like really been tested in his personal life. And I think that's going to help him um, as he tries to navigate a different situation. Like, this is just his his launched his NFL career is a lot different than uh, these other quarterbacks that have entered the league the last few years. So I think he's equipped to handle that. Um, we, we talked about the senior bowl there and talked to him prior to that game. That was the interview you just listened to. But when you think about it, that's the last game that he's played in. There was no preseason last year with the, with the COVID off season. So the last competitive football game that Jordan Love has competed in was, was the senior bowl. So we went back through and just grabbed some snippets of our analysis uh, from that game. So this is uh, you and me out there, Buck, uh, Andrew Siciliano, Charles Davis. Uh, that This is a, a little bit of what we had to say during that Senior Bowl contest. Here's Love stepping up, room to run on third and 13, but he's going to flick it to Hasty. Hasty is not going to make it to the 25-yard line. DJ and Bucky, I'm going to bring you in on this as well. You guys have talked about decision-making for Jordan Love this past season. Want to see that get better. I thought he made a great decision there. He could have run the football, 
but rather than put himself in harm's way, pitched it off to a back and let him take it. What would you guys think? He's made good decisions, Buck. I'll go, go to you on that one as well. But to me, he's shown off a little bit of his arm strength and then knowing when to pull back a little bit. So far, I know they haven't put up points, but I've, I've liked what I've seen from Jordan Love. Yeah, I think it's been a solid performance. I think the big thing everyone wanted to see is could he kind of play connected dots football from the pocket? He has shown that in this game. He'll need to continue to show it the rest of the four, first quarter. Did we learn anything about Jordan Love today? I know he's still on the field, but early, I don't think we did. Well, he's he's very smooth. The ball, you can watch how he operates, throws the football. It's as pretty as you'll ever see. He just hadn't had the volume of plays that you need to make a statement. I love to bring Bucky in on that, Buck, just because when you have a guy with his skill set, what it does to the volume of your playbook. I mean, it just expands it. Like, when you have a guy that is versatile like that, like, you can do so much uh, with it. I think, as we're seeing in the National Football League, these creative offense coordinators, when they have guys that can bring other stuff to the table, it allows them to dig a little deeper, make it harder for the offense and the defense. So thinking back, Buck, and hearing those uh, those words, what stands out to you from what we saw down there in Mobile? I think, I think the thing that stands out, there was so much hype surrounding his – play and performance in terms of coming in the Patrick Mahomes thing, because remember Patrick Mahomes was popping in earnest. And a lot of that was due. um, And a lot of the comparisons were due to Patrick Mahomes being in a similar situation where he sat for a year. He was a guy that was hard to figure out. Uh, Jordan Love certainly benefited from that. And so what I wanted to see when we were down there was, well, what is the talent like? Because what we knew about Pat Mahomes, the talent was extraordinary you just didn't know if a guy who could play Sandlot could really rein it in and play at a high level. I think for Jordan Love, he had some of that, but he didn't play to the same level that Patrick Mahomes. And when you get him in the senior bowl, there was some uncertainty, not necessarily that unshakable confidence that you expect a, a high-level player with a gunslinger mentality to have. And so I think you kind of left there maybe a little reserved and cautious, very, very talented, but, and you just didn't know what it was going to be after that, but talented, but a developmental player, talented, but he's going to be a turnover machine. And you have to play around those things, talented, but we can work around whatever his issues are and he will be a functional starter. You just didn't know what was behind the butt when you looked at him. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. If you go back, that, that was a time where we were really debating Justin Herbert and Jordan Love. It wasn't Justin Herbert was not in the discussion at that time yes. with, with Tua and Burrow. Like that was more who was yes. going to be between Jordan Love and Justin Herbert. Now, hindsight 2020, we know Justin Herbert's kind of emerged as the best of the bunch uh, early on through one year of his NFL career. But at that time, I mean, there was a time where I had Love over Herbert. I think we came out of this week. I think that's when that kind of changed. You got to see him side by side. And I thought, okay, Herbert maybe separated himself a little bit there from Jordan Love. But that was the discussion that was taking place. Yeah. And I I think it's a, I mean, like now when we look back on it, it seems kind of crazy, but that was a very real discussion because uh, Justin Herbert was down in that game and people weren't as high on Justin Herbert for whatever reason, but they were smitten by Jordan Love's talent and the potential. Keep in mind, it also coincided with Patrick Mahomes playing out of his mind. And, you know, DJ, sometimes that stuff filters in to our current report. If you miss on a guy the previous year, yeah. you overcorrect the following year. Some of Jordan Love's entry had to do with the overcorrection that scouts were doing after missing out on Patrick Mahomes. 
Well, I think you lead us perfectly into this next conversation. I, I wasn't here for this one, but you had a chance on the field at the Combine in Indianapolis. Remember the uh, the Combine? We used to have those, the thing called the Combine. <laughs> to go there and, and, and watch guys work out. Uh, I, I miss it. I miss it after last year. But this is uh, this will take you back to what that was like because you were on the field uh, with, with Jordan Love and had a chance to visit with him in Indianapolis. And the subject of the comparison with Patrick Mahomes came up. So there's been a lot of comparisons, and people have thrown out the Pat Mahomes comparison because of how Pat Mahomes looked at a college player and how he's grown and matured as an NFL player. When you look at yourself and you look at Pat Mahomes, do you see any similarities at all? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, he's a great player. Um, I love watching him, and uh, I love just trying to take you know little bits pieces of you know his game, just you know how he plays. You know, he's a playmaker, gets the job done. So uh, you know, I try and just do that to myself. Okay. So, so in, th- in thinking about that, because there's been some conversation, terrific year two years ago, last year was was not the same. You had a number of turnovers. Explain the differences and maybe explain why the fall off your final season. Yeah, I mean, obviously the turnovers went up, um, you know, um, like I just say in all the meetings, you know, I felt like I was trying to do a little bit too much out there, um, you know, trying to force some throws and some tighter windows that, you know, could have hit the check down, could have, you know, took off a run. Um, so I just tried to do a little bit too much and force the ball. So so that's that's really interesting because, like, the self-awareness to be able to kind of realize, like, maybe I was doing too much. Um, when you look at where you want to improve and how you would like to play as a pro, how do you take steps to kind of correct some of that, not not put too much on your own shoulders? Yeah, I mean, it starts with just learning what you need to improve on. Um, you know, that's something that I've been doing this whole process, just trying to, you know, see in myself what I need to get better at. So, um, uh but I think just consistency, that's the main thing today. I mean, I missed a couple of throws out there today, but um, just trying to get better at that. Look, man, it, it, it's all a part of the deal. Like, we understand how, how the combine is. Like, you're throwing to different receivers and the like. And then even going back to your time at Utah State, like, you had to adjust. So, and thinking about that football adversity that you had to endure, how has it made, it made you better? How will it make you a better pro? Yeah, I mean, that adversity in our face, you know, it's just – I think it, of it as just learning mistakes, um, you know, learning things that, you know, I just got to, you know, evaluate it and learn from it and know I can't make those same mistakes. Yeah, a great conversation there, Buck. I thought he, he brought it up and it, it makes a lot of sense. It's just there was times in that 2019 campaign just trying to do too much. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that. I mean, he even said that. And I think sometimes you, you can get roped into doing the hero ball thing when, the buzz has been on you about being a top pick. Um, your team expects you to play at that special level, but you don't have the weapons around you that you normally have had. Yeah, it, it, it challenges you in a different way. And so I think Jordan Love got caught up in that. Some of the mistakes that he made on tape were just poor decisions where he's trying to force a throw, not necessarily getting tricked by coverage, just a bad throw, a bad play in a bad situation. Um there's no doubt that the kid is talented enough, but is he going to be one of those five-star players? I mean, so much to be determined um, based on how he continues to develop and what the Packers do when it comes to supplying them with weapons on the outside. No doubt. Um, oh, we, we mentioned that there was a lot of changeover uh, at, that, at that coaching staff there at Utah State. It was Matt Wells, right? Matt Wells was there and yeah. left and went to Texas Tech. Uh, so then you had Gary Anderson there. Um, and we had a chance to visit with Gary Anderson, who was his head coach there at Utah State. Um, and Gary Anderson, that's an interesting insight here. This is a couple minutes of our conversation with him uh, about his very talented quarterback at the time, a young Jordan Love. 
Well, I want to ask you about your quarterback here in Jordan Love, a guy that uh, everybody in the NFL has been paying attention to for a while as a, uh, a special talent. Uh, but what can you tell us about your signal caller? Uh, how special is this kid? Well, he makes you smile <laughs> in a lot of ways, you know, not just because of, <laughs> he's a tremendous player. He makes you smile because he's just it, he, he's a leader. Um, he's steady Eddie. He's he we have 53, 54 new kids in our program this year, and he knows every one of their names. I would I would bet he knows every one of those kids names and he's excited about them being part of the team. And he's he's not too big for any part of this process, but he um I guess the easiest way for me to sum up Jordan Love off the field, if I had a daughter, I would be real proud if all of a sudden, you know, he said, hey, can I marry her? I'd be really, really happy about that because he's a special, special young man on the field. You know, he's had a couple, three different coordinators. He's handled that very well as he's gone through time. He's a sponge. He wants to get better. Um, he always is just right in the middle. Um, last game, you know, hey, we scored one offensive touchdown. That's not like us. That's not that's not who we are on offense. And we know we were playing against a great offense. And but it was those last two drives. I look at Jordan. I catch his eye. He catches my eye, and he winks at me and nods his head. And it was just like, Coach, we got this. We're good. Blitz comes. Love throws. Back shoulder, and it's caught. Gorgeous execution there. And, you know, that's an awesome place for him to be because we had some problems in that game. We snapped the ball horribly to him. We put him behind the gun of a, an aggressive defense and snapped the ball poorly, which led to him taking his eyes down, getting his eyes up. And as you guys know, as a quarterback, well, it's pretty difficult when you're playing against a Rocky Long uh, defense, but he just plows through it and he keeps on battling and keeps on fighting. Um, I think he's going to be a great pro in this offense. You need a special quarterback, but we have a special quarterback and a very, very special young man also. I thought the point, Buck, about having all those new kids, 53 new kids, you know, that's basically a brand new environment for Jordan Love and the fact he learned all their names. I mean, that might sound in insignificant to some people. I think that's kind of a big deal. It shows you that uh, there's a, a, a knowledge and understanding outside of yourself, maybe a selflessness. And uh, I think that's something that will play well in an NFL locker room. Yeah, no, I think I think it will play well. Um, I, I think you talk about the importance of just knowing everybody's name. Uh, being able to get there right. Because eventually, if you're going to be the leader of the team, you need to know people so you can have these conversations. And uh, for him to go about that early, to me, displays a level of maturity that only the real well-adjusted young players get. And so he he has that, um, the fact that he was able to endure a rough season. Because you remember, not only us, but Ty McShay and, 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 and other people were talking about him Mel Kuyper, he was the buzz yeah. of the draft, and you didn't know. And the the expectations, the pressure, the hype, it can filter in and make you play out of character. That certainly showed up in his play his final season. Yeah, no, it's true. I think if he would have maintained his level of play, we're talking about somebody that would end up being a top five pick. Um, he would have been right up there in the discussion as the first quarterback off the board because that was what you saw there in 2018, just wasn't able to carry it over for some of the reasons we've mentioned. Um, but anyways, we get to the draft. Uh, Green Bay Packers, I don't know. I, I had put him there in a mock draft at one point in time. I don't think I did it in the final mock draft. I know we had talked about it at times. You probably had him in there as well. I don't even remember, Buck. But I know I yeah. it had been discussed but it was kind of dismissed by the general public is oh, it's clickbait. You guys are just trying to draw some attention. But when you looked at, you know, kind of where Aaron Rodgers was in his career, you looked at the history of the Packers. 
it wasn't like they were going to force something. You felt like if if a top quarterback fell to them, they wouldn't be afraid to take him. Um, and that's exactly what happened in this case, except they weren't patient. They actually, once they saw him get in range, they, they went up and got him. Let's find out what the Packers are going to do. Again, they moved up in a trade here uh, with Miami. Miami will only have two first-round picks. Here is Green Bay. Let's find out where they go. Let's go. The Miami Dolphins have traded the 26th pick to the Green Bay Packers. With the 26th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State. Okay, this is fascinating because I believe Aaron Rodgers is the same age as Brett Favre was in 2005 when they selected Aaron Rodgers in the first round, stunning Brett Favre. And you have to wonder how stunned Aaron Rodgers might be that a quarterback is going 26th overall when Aaron Rodgers went 24th overall in the 2005 draft. Uh, just your thoughts on what the Packers did and, and that connection there. Well, the one thing I thought it was the right move at the right time. People have very, very short memories when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and those things. But Aaron Rodgers was coming off the third year in a row where his completion percentage and his passer rating had declined. And you were beginning to wonder, hey, is this the end of the line for the quarterback? Not that, hey, the career was over, but is he in the twilight? Is it time for us to get the franchise quarterback in the building? And with, look, the bulk of the people in the building have been there for a while with the way that um, Aaron Rodgers was able to have success sitting on the bench for two, three years before he played. I'm sure there was a factor in, A, if he kind of plays longer than the contract or whatever, we got a young guy that is ready. If, if Aaron Rodgers is not able to pick up his play, we got a young guy who can kind of get it done. It made sense to me at the time. And I know people are caught up on the trade and why did they trade up? Why didn't they wait? But, you know, it's a marquee position. And if you identify that as a marquee position, particularly when you don't have any other guys in those first round slots worth their grade, you go and get the quarterback because it, we talk about it's the most important position. Yeah. Why not solidify the most important position in football? Yeah, and you think, okay, maybe it leads to an uncomfortable couple years. Um, well, if it if it's followed up by 15 years of stability at the position, isn't isn't that juice worth the squeeze? I, I, I mean, it's, it's the exact same thing. They're trying to see if they can strike, uh, get lightning in the bottle again because that's what happened with Aaron Rodgers. And I think the other thing, and we'll talk about this later, I think people forget how Aaron Rodgers' career started out in Green Bay, how he struggled those first two preseasons barely completing over 50% of his passes, having questions about whether he would ever be the guy. And then in year three, it popped. He got a chance to get on the field. Then in year four, away they go. But very, very similar. And it's worked out for the Green Bay Packers. So I think they want to they, they want to kick the wheels again to see if it, it works out. All right, Buck, we, uh, we ended up pulling some sound here from Brian Gutekind, general manager of the Green Bay Packers. And this is after day one of this year's draft as he reflected back on last year's decision uh, to make the move there with Jordan Love. So we wanted to get uh, the perspective of the Packers general manager in here. So here's what he had to say. 
certainly, I think as we went into the draft last year, Jason, I don't want to go backwards too far here, but we, we had a lot of thoughts about, you know, receivers and different things and maybe moving up. Um, the, the, the draft didn't fall that way. Um, so we ended up going a different route, but we were, you know, like I said, we didn't expect Jordan to be there. We we're exceptionally happy that he was. And, um, you know, we're excited for his development. He's got a long way to go, but we're excited for his development. Well, there you go, Buck. It sounds like they're, uh, you know, it just kind of fell to them and they're excited about uh, the future here uh, for Jordan Love. Yeah, I mean, they, they should be excited. I mean, we can argue about whether he was worthy of being um, a, a first-round player or whatever. There's no doubt that there's tremendous talent there and they have a structure in place that has allowed their quarterback to thrive. Um, we can talk about the weapons and those things, but when you look, there are more than enough weapons for him to hit the ground running if he gets an opportunity. Um, I think it's about the development. Uh, Matt LaFleur has, has talked about it. Like it's the development. It is learning how to play the NFL way with, without turning the ball over. He does those things. He's going to have a tremendous amount of success because I, I think he understands how to play winning football. Yeah, I did. Again, I, I give him credit and they, they knew that was probably going to be a little bit sticky and a little bit messy. You know, we can say whether or not we would have made this decision. We you know with Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers still showing he's got plenty left. Yeah, maybe we wouldn't, but I, hey, I admire people that follow their convictions. If you're convicted on it and believe in Jordan Love, you take him, and that's and that's what they did. And uh, there you have Brian Gutekind's thoughts on that whole thing. I think the other side of it that's interesting is the relationship between the two quarterbacks. Um, and I think this one's a little bit different than than maybe the Aaron Rodgers relationship that he had with Brett Favre. It sounds like Aaron uh, has been a little more accommodating. At least uh, that's what I got, according to Aaron Jones, uh, Packers running back, with his recent conversation on the Rich Eisen show. Do you see him working with Jordan uh, every day, all day, trying to teach him teach him as much as he can and. Um, so that that's the cool part to see about A Rod, you know. Can you what what give me an example of that? Like you you see him off to the side, giving Jordan Love tips and things like that. Yeah, sir. Maybe it might be a play in uh, what he saw if it was like uh, if it was like the first read or the second read or third read. Maybe what he saw or um, you know or maybe a little bit on the mechanic side of it or. Um, it just goes into so many things, so many different things, or it could be uh, the sound at the uh, at the cadence trying to catch them jumping off sides, little things. So, so many things, and he's just trying to um, better the players around him, truly. So it sounds like not not like an icy relationship there, Buck. That uh, that it has been a, a learning environment there, which is healthy there for Jordan Love. And I I, I tip my cap to Aaron Rodgers for making that a more comfortable situation that it might be. Yeah, look, he, he Aaron Rodgers was on record talking about how awkward it was for him coming in with Brett Favre there. Brett Favre not necessarily wanting to offer mentorship opportunities for the guy who was there to re, to replace him. But to Aaron Rodgers' credit, whenever he's talked about Jordan Love, he he's been very complimental, complimentary. He's praised him. He's given him his his uh, flowers. I, I think it's an uncomfortable situation when you have been the face of the franchise. You're the franchise quarterback. And they draft the guy that is eventually there to, to replace you. It just has to put you in a weird headspace yeah. as a leader. But by all accounts, he's finding a way to manage it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, let's get to the sound here of uh, of Matt Lafleur. This is the uh, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, and this is from OTAs on May 25th. So here's his conversation or his uh, his thoughts on uh, on where Jordan Love was in the development process. 
Matt, you've had about a, a full year to work with Jordan Love. What do you think you have there? Uh, just a, a guy that's eager to continue to grow and learn. And I love his attitude and, and, and how he attacks it on a daily basis. I think he's, he's definitely matured over the course of the year. Um, you know, you can tell, like I talked about earlier, that he's put in the time this offseason um, and not only just, you know, lifting and running and coming in good football shape, but also you can tell that he's put in the, in the time and in his craft and trying to continue to work at, on his mechanics, his fundamentals that are so critical to playing the position at the highest level possible. So he's still got a lot to, a lot to learn. I think he, he would tell you that, but um, you know, he's going to take it one day at a time and he goes out there with purpose. And uh, you know, I just, I like his mindset right now. Well, I thought that was good stuff there uh, from Matt LaFleur. Like he's got a, he's got a tightrope there, Buck, in terms of wanting to instill some confidence in your young quarterback and saying good things about him and the fact that he's, you know, got a great attitude. He's eager to, to, to learn and to grow. We talked about his maturation. Um, but he's, it's like he can't be too effusive in his praise because you don't want to offend Aaron Rodgers, but you also want to be building up your young quarterback. It's kind of a weird spot for Matt LaFleur to be in. Yeah, very weird because you're the head coach of the entire team, but you're trying to manage these delicate relationships. Three-time MVP and Aaron Rodgers who definitely wants to continue to be their QB one. The team wants him back. Um, so you got to try and make sure that you say enough to make him intrigued by the possibility of coming back. And then with Jordan Love, you got a young guy who has to get ready to play. And as a coach, you got to think about all of the worst case scenarios. If Aaron doesn't come back and we got to play, we got to play this guy. How do we get him to reps that he, that he needs to succeed and, and thrive and give him the confidence Man, hey, you talking about walking a tightrope? That's what Matt LaFleur is doing each time he steps to the mic. Yeah, you don't want to get too caught up in what takes place in some of these OTAs. And um, look, everybody's positive and it's sunshine and roses across the NFL. But it is encouraging when you hear, you know, Jordan Love's made some big throws and um, you're seeing some growth uh, and, and improvement there in his play. So that's that's encouraging there for Jordan Love and for the Green Bay Packers. Um, but look, we've talked to everybody. We, this is a, a compilation in this episode of of pre-draft sound, of post-draft sound. We've heard from coaches at the college level, the NFL level, his general manager, uh, his teammate there, Aaron Jones. Who we haven't heard from is Jordan Love himself. So so let's run a little bit of the sound from him. This is actually uh, after OTAs, June 9th. Um, here's Jordan Love talking about his off-season mindset and, and where he's at. What's your mindset just throughout this whole off-season? Um, my mindset this whole off-season has been – to get ready and get myself ready and that's been my mindset since I got here and uh you know whether Aaron was here or not here that's going to be my mindset regardless because I have to get myself ready to play um and be able to you know go out there and take charge of the team and um be able to perform at a high level and do my best so everybody else can um do their job as well and just be able to perform at a high level like I said so um you know my goal is just to take it day by day, get better, find areas I need to improve. And yeah. What do you think is the biggest way in which you've grown as a quarterback? Well, I don't know what you were able to get out of last season without preseason games, but what's the biggest change in you as a quarterback now versus a year ago? Um, Yeah. So the biggest thing I've been trying to work on and improve is just taking another step in, you know, the offense and understanding it, understanding what I need to be doing, my reads, my progressions, um, you know, 
where the ball needs to go, breaking down defenses and just, you know, the process of a quarterback that what we got to do. So I've just been trying to build on that and, uh, you know, get more comfortable in this offense and, you know, to make plays and, uh, yeah. So obviously last year was a, such a weird rookie year with the pandemic and everything like that. And obviously this is a very interesting offseason for you as well. So how would you sum up your first, uh, your first uh, two years of your um, NFL experience? Or going to your second year of NFL experience? Yeah, I mean, going to my second year, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely been a, a different year. I mean, my first year, I didn't get to experience a lot of things that, you know, would go on in a normal year. So um, I still like a lot of rookies, we're still unsure of what it's like during a normal year. So, uh, you know, getting back to a little bit of normal year this year, it'll be good to see some some different things. But, you know, last year I was able to, you know, obviously be behind Aaron, be behind Tim and just grow my game and understand the offense and grow in a lot of areas that, uh, you know, you might not have been able to see, but just get better off the field. And um, obviously I wasn't able to get a lot of reps, but, uh, you know, my mental – game and the knowledge I was able to get last year, I think is going to help me a lot. Hey, Jordan. Hey, I know you put in a ton of off-season workouts, being at all the OTAs, mini camps, and getting first team reps right now. Should the opportunity present itself, are you prepared to be the quarterback week number one? A hundred percent. Obviously, this is a time where you know I'm getting a lot of extremely valuable reps that, you know, I might not have been getting in a normal circumstance. So, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, you know, going to take it day by day and, uh, you know, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I'm here for. I'm, a, I was drafted here to play quarterback. So, uh, I'll definitely be ready week one. Going back to your rookie year last year, you had a front row seat. You saw a future hall of famer lighted up at an MVP year. Just how much do you think that helped you? What was it like working with Aaron last year? I mean, it was awesome. Um, you know, not a lot of people get to say they, you know, we're able to sit behind the MVP of the league. So, uh, you know, I being behind, behind him, um, I was able to learn a lot, see a lot of different things, um, and just see where his game's at. You know, um, he's been in the league a long time. He's learned a lot of things and seen a lot of different things. So, uh, you know, he has a lot of knowledge and just being able to be behind him and try and soak up as much as I could. Um, definitely very valuable. I think there's a confidence there, Buck. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's definitely a confidence. I mean, football is the only thing that you can uh, – you get better through repetition. This has been a, a, a godsend for him in terms of being able to get all the reps to once. He gets to see and envision himself driving the shiny car. Um, whereas before, it's different. And when you're on the outside, you're just basically putting the sham on it. You don't get a chance to really <laughs> drive it. He gets a chance to drive the car. And the Packers, if they're doing this right – they get a chance to figure out what he is going to need going forward. I mean, that wouldn't have happened without the uh, pandemic. And I'm not certain on this, but I think I want to say that I know the Packers are going to do joint practices. I think it's with the Jets. I'm not sure exactly who it's with, but I believe they're going to do some joint practices. That'll be great for him. Um, you know, get some of those live reps and then just dump as many of the preseason reps on him as, as you possibly can. I'm sure that will be the case. Um, it, you know, if Aaron Rodgers, whatever his situation is, I think that you won't see much of him in the preseason. So I think there's going to be a lot of live rep opportunities here for Jordan Love, which I think is going to really help him. No, I think it's definitely going to help him. The, the younger the quarterback, the more the support staff and the system needs to take stuff off his plate. They have that in mind. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to the next guest here. Our final guest. Um, 
is our buddy Chase Goodbread, who's written an article on this, really kind of focusing on the offseason here with the Packers, with Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, and really taking more of a kind of a Jordan Love approach. I think so much of the attention, again, has been on Aaron Rodgers. I think our good buddy Chase did a great job of explaining what Jordan Love's been up to in the offseason, what he's been working on, and, and kind of where he is with everything. So instead of us going line by line uh, through this article that Chase wrote, I thought it made more sense just to bring him on. Uh, so here's our conversation with our good buddy, NFL.com writer, Chase Goodbread. Well, it's great to catch up again, Chase, man. It's great to see you, bud. Um, I guess first question would be, what what gave you the idea here to uh, to jump in and, and, and look at what Jordan Love's been up to? You know, having done a, a lengthy feature on him when he was a draft prospect, I got to know him a little bit, got to know a lot about his, his makeup, talked to a lot of uh, coaches from his past. And, of course, when this – situation kind of bubbled up with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and Jordan Love I, I figured let's kind of reach back out and 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 see where people are at with him I got a hold of Matt Wells uh, who is one of his coaches at Utah State his private coach and you know the vibe I got from pretty much everybody I talked to is that he was the same guy now as he was in college which is an even keeled guy a guy who doesn't let a lot bother him I, I he's in a difficult situation obviously um, no one would would no one would envy uh, his particular position and the way it's kind of played out. However, I, I think he's got the makeup to take that challenge on, really, because he can tune things out. I think like few other quarterbacks. You know, Chase, it's funny that you talk about his ability to be able to tune those things out. Um, do you think the adversity that is faced throughout his his childhood and his background? will allow him to really handle the things that he's about to endure as potentially the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers? Right. That's a great question. And, you know, of course, his father tragically passed away um, uh, by suicide, self-inflicted gunshot wound. From getting to know him through that, um, you know, through writing about that particular part of his past as a draft prospect, I don't necessarily think that, that the tragic incident itself changed him However, he's just like his father was. That was one of my biggest takeaways for sure. And going to Utah State and sitting down with him for a while, going to Bakersfield, California, where his family's from, his mother's from, talking to her for a while. Uh, Orban Love, his his father, uh, was a police officer and a guy who was known for a calm demeanor in intense, hot situations, Uh, a guy who... Uh, really kind of rallied people around him, whether whether it was citizens or fellow officers. And Jordan Love kind of took that from his father, for sure. So I think there are definitely some personality traits, really, uh, that he carries on that he got from his dad. What has he been working on? Uh, I know you've done some homework talking with his uh, his private coaches there, you know, during the offseason. I think it's an interesting look into the world. You did a great job with this. I, I don't think a lot of folks understand the coordination that takes place between the team and some of these private coaches as these teams don't have their opportunities to get their hands on the players quite as much in the offseason. Right. His private coach is Steve Calhoun, a guy that works out on the West Coast. He's been working with uh, Jordan since his high school days, really, a pretty long time. Uh, I know the deep ball is something that the Packers got in touch with Calhoun about to see if they could maybe tweak his uh, mechanics a little bit. His his left heel specifically uh, – 
the Packers coaching staff felt like he was bringing that heel up off the ground as he delivered the deep ball. They wanted to see him keep that heel on the ground, and they felt like he would generate a little bit more accuracy with the deep ball uh, by doing that. So that's something he worked on with Calhoun. And uh, it, it, there were a few other mechanical tweaks, I think, that that they kind of charged Calhoun with, with working on with him. And, you know, it, it, you got to keep in perspective, I think, too, that he's in a unique situation because this is really his first real offseason. Because last year it was wiped out with COVID, right? No, you know, the mini camp, really opportunities for rookies across the board for sure. Not just him, every rookie were wiped out. No preseason, obviously. Uh, but for a quarterback who, who's, you know, being charged with learning an offense, I think that's especially difficult. Yeah, I, I, no doubt. It's, it's, it's definitely difficult. Um, when we think about it, Chase, the last couple of years, when we think about Jordan Love, he had maybe a subpar performance his final season at Utah State. He disappears for like a year because we don't get a chance to see him in the offseason and preseason. And there's all these conversations about him. Knowing what you know about him and his makeup, how do you think he's handling all of the outside noise about his game? Right, right. I don't think he's thinking about it at all. I, I, I think he's a guy who, who's reflective. I think he's a, he, he's focusing on self. Uh, that's certainly what I got in talking to Calhoun. And I also don't think it concerns him really that last year was kind of a wash for him. Of course, he wasn't the number two. Uh, he was the number three and, and was inactive throughout the season. But if you go back and you look at his history – He's taken a year at every level, right? He, he wasn't a full-time starter in high school until he was a junior, at least not a wildly successful one until he was a junior. You go to Utah State, you take a red shirt there. And, and then, of course, he essentially took a red shirt with the Packers. So he's kind of taken a year all the way throughout the process and then blossomed off of a year of learning. Uh, you look at Utah State. He red shirts to 2016 and 17. He takes over the job midway through the season. 2018, he just blows up and is phenomenal. And then, of course, in 2019, with a coaching change and and a, a whole lot of talent walk uh, getting out of there around him, he didn't have a lot around him in 2019. Uh, that was not a good season for him for sure. But even through that year. Uh, he was a guy that held it together mentally, held his teammates together mentally. Uh, you talk to uh, some of the coaches that were working with him in 19, that last year at Utah State, when they only went seven and six, he throws 17 interceptions, which led all of FBS. They'll tell you he was the same quarterback no matter what. He was scoreboard blind, right? Mm -hmm. Same guy, whether the score was zero to zero or they're up three touchdowns or they're down three touchdowns. He never stopped trying to learn. He never stopped trying to get better. He never stopped encouraging teammates. Uh, even on, you know, he, he led touchdown drives when games were completely out of hand on the wrong side for him uh, and, and would be on the sidelines picking receivers up, picking offensive linemen up and, and, and wanting to finish strong. That's the kind of mentality that, that he has brought to Green Bay. Last one from me, Chase, and I would encourage everybody to go check this out. Um, go to NFL.com. You can find this wonderful article here by Chase Goodbread. Uh, Chase, last one from me. I thought it was fascinating that all the folks you talked to, it, it doesn't sound like Aaron Rodgers is a topic in those conversations with, with Jordan Love and these coaches. It sounds like he's just kind of focused on himself. I found that interesting. 
Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, Steve Calhoun told me they don't talk about the Aaron Rodgers situation whatsoever. I think he has talked with Matt Wells about it a little bit. Wells uh, was kind of hush hush on the details of that conversation, <laughs> yeah. but but they but they have you know discussed it some. Uh, but again, you know, a guy that's that that's focused on self and. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's a difficult situation to be in, but also you got to remember, I, I, I credit Aaron Rodgers for saying publicly, I don't know, maybe about a month or so ago, that it's not about Jordan Love for him. The issues that he's got with the Packers have nothing to do with the draft pick. Uh, so, you know, that, that cuts a little bit of the tension, I suppose, uh, at least around him. But Jordan Love already knew that, right? That's not news to Jordan Love. Uh, presumably, Rodgers and Love have had a good relationship from the get-go. Uh, but from the outside looking in anyway, that's that's the kind of comment from Rodgers, I think, that it, it, it at least hopefully takes a, a little heat out of this situation. You know, uh, a final thing, when we think about Jordan Love and the resiliency that he obviously has displayed in his personal life, um, how excited do you think he will be when he does get the opportunity to lead this team and step into the huddle, even though all of the pressure and the expectations of stepping in for a future Hall of Famer will be immense? Yeah, it, there's no doubt. It, it's going to be a big, big pair of shoes for him to fill, fill whenever that does happen. Uh, but again, as a guy who has learned to be patient and as a guy who has had success coming straight off of years where he's had to sit, I think he's he's going to be jacked up, ready to go, and and uh, you know really if if you break down from talking to scouts when he came out, they feel they felt like he had some a lot of wow throws, really, uh, not unlike a guy like uh, Josh Allen, for instance, right in Buffalo. Buffalo knew they were going to take some lumps with him; he was going to make some mistakes. But Josh Allen made his share of mistakes at Wyoming, uh, but he got drafted because he made throws nobody else could make. Uh, that's somewhat similar, I think, to the profile that scouts saw in Jordan Love. He's got a big arm. He can do some big things, and, and he's not afraid to cut it loose. Uh, it's great to catch up with Chase uh, there, Buck. I think he provides a great perspective there on this uh, unique offseason here for Jordan Love. Yeah, I mean, Chase would be a great scout because as a scout, you got to do all the background research. you got to know exactly who the kid is and be able to present it. Chase Goodbread certainly has a clear understanding of who he is, and that is – valuable information that he can get out. Um, I, you, know, you know, it's it's just such a difficult thing because it's almost out of sight, out of mind. I yeah. mean, it really is out of sight, out of mind. We, no one has seen him. No one knows what he looks like. No one knows if he has um, all of these things and worked through some of the issues that plagued him a season ago. Until we get our eyes on him, man, it's hard to speculate in terms of what kind of impact he will eventually make in year one, two, or three. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see. Again, I'm I'm uh, I'm very aware that a lot of folks don't like the preseason. You know, we go from four games to three games. You know, people think <laughs> yeah. there isn't value there. There is value for a guy like this. Uh, get out there, get some live reps after a year of not having many. So um, it's going to be fun to follow this story and to follow this kid uh, as he goes through his NFL career. Uh, I guess final thought here, Buck Jordan Love, his fit with this this team and. Uh, whenever he does get the reins, you know, you, that day is going to come, whether it's a, you know, a month from now, a year from now, three years from now, eventually he's going to get the keys to this, uh, this Packers organization. Just how do you feel about the fit? Oh, I think the fit is great. And I think the fit is great because the system can do so much to elevate the play of the quarterback. I believe the Jordan Love situation could play out much like Jerry Goff and Baker Mayfield situations played out 
in a similar offense. You build up the other pieces around him. He learns how to kind of play within the confines of the system, and the system sets him up for success. Now, there's a ceiling when your quarterback is like that, but I do believe at a minimum he can play at a solid level. I would expect solid performance whenever he gets his chance very, very early in his career. Well, there you go. I hope you guys enjoyed this. This was fun to kind of – Uh, take a little bit of a dive here into Jordan Love and remembering what he was like going through the draft process as well as hearing from from college coaches, uh, you know, his NFL head coach, general manager and teammates, um, all those things, just to get a chance to refresh a little bit on Jordan Love. And again, we'll get a chance to see him. We're all going to get a chance to see him. We're going to hopefully be uh, out and about in training camp, get a chance to get out some of these camps, put our eyes on these guys. And then again, we'll have preseason and a full 17-game schedule uh, to see all these guys. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch what happens there with the Green Bay Packers. Definitely the storyline that's driven the offseason here in the National Football League. Uh, anything else you want to uh, throw in here, Buck, before we get out of here? No, no. I think this is a, a great opportunity for the Packers to revisit themselves in terms of their overall approach and how Jordan Love performs. We're either emboldened them to know that, hey, we can find a quarterback. We get him a couple years early. We have a developmental plan that allows them to play well, and this is what we do because the handoff from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers went from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. What does that exchange look like from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love when it eventually takes place? What kind of player and performer would Jordan Love be? I think that is the million-dollar question everyone wants to know. Well, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Can they catch lightning in a bottle? The Packers have done that. I mean, you think about the Green Bay Packers quarterback. I think about the Pittsburgh Steelers head coaches, right? I mean, these guys don't do short stints now. It is yeah. a, it's a long run uh, once you get the, the position there. So we'll see what happens there with Jordan Love, with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but I hope you guys have enjoyed this as much as we have. Again, you can check out all of our videos, nfl.com slash video. If you haven't already, uh, give us a subscribe there uh, to the podcast. I think you'll enjoy this as we march through the offseason. Get ready uh, for an inaugural 17-game NFL season. We can't wait, and we appreciate you hanging with us right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.